You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Entrepreneur. And um, I always start off with a quick quote. This one is, after all, we're all real estate brokers, not doctors. Nobody dies because we take a night off. Uh, Cliff Peretti. So yeah, that's a that's a good quote because it just reminds people like you can work yourself in the ground if you're not careful. So you got to make sure you find that balance. But my guest today is Van Sturgeon. Van Sturgeon is a general contractor and real estate investor for over 30 years who owns 1,200 doors. Van is currently semi-retired and helps multifamily investors successfully plan and manage renovation value-add projects to reach their investment goals. Uh, welcome to the show, bro. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, man. So we always start off with people kind of going through just a quick summary of who they are and how they got into real estate and just kind of tell me how you stumbled upon there and or your story on how you got into real estate. Um, I came from a background of uh, immigrant parents who came to this country and uh, lived in one, we lived in a one bedroom apartment in Chicago. And my parents uh, were saving up their money to be able to buy their own their first dream home. And in the process as they're saving up their money, they found out that the apartment building that had the, that they're renting from had gone up for sale. So they went out and they purchased it. Uh, they put down down payment and they uh, and they became landlords. And it was a fully occupied building. But during that period of time, it was in the late 70s. And all of a sudden, things started to change in Chicago, like pretty much the rest of the country. Interest rates started to go, uh, go up 18 20%. The, uh, the economy was horrible. It's just a miserable time. It was a rent hostage situation during that time. And um, and all of a sudden, that little beautiful building that was fully occupied, all of a sudden, was suffering uh, through vacancies. Uh, we ended up getting 40, 50, 60% vacancies. And a lot of landlords were in that area on that street, couldn't hold on, and were literally, literally torturing their buildings to collect insurance money. And so it was during that period of time that we that was the only thing that we had. And as a family, we did everything possible for uh, to be able to hold on to that investment. So from painting, cleaning toilets, painting, whatever we needed to do on that uh, building, we, we went out and we did. And uh, that's how we survived. And it's from that uh, background, that, that upbringing is when I uh, went off to university, graduated, could have gone into law school, but I made a decision to go into general contracting, broke my parents' heart. And in Chicago, I, in the late 80s, I started running around on the hustle, trying to uh, develop a business. And what that uh, eventually led to um, running into the same people, these real estate investors. And then I got involved in uh, 19, first, my first flip was in 1991, did very well. And, and I, really, I got hooked on real estate investing. So one hand, I was developed, uh, building and developing a successful general contracting business. And, and then at the same time, I was, uh, was growing my uh, real estate portfolio. And ultimately, I got involved in property management, home building restoration work on the commercial buildings. And I've got approximately right now around 1,200 doors uh, spread across four places uh, in North America. So I'm semi-retired right now. I've got some really great people that I partner up with and employees that look after my uh, my businesses. And and really, I'm just, uh, I'm just taking time to downshift in my life and just really appreciate the, the things that uh, I've been blessed with. And so that's, where, that's why I'm out there right now preaching a good word with regards to uh, you know, this particular aspect that a lot of people don't talk about in the real estate investing game. And a lot of people glorify the whole idea of running around and finding a great deal and raising money and that kind of stuff. But nobody wants to talk about that 
the renovation, you know, that contractor you can't find, or how do you figure out where to find, you know, the which you know you've got limited budgets, which direction do you go in terms of uh, you fix this or do that, and those sort of those types of things that I've developed over the years is I've literally done thousands of renovations. I've got systems and processes that I develop, and I'm out there talking to people as many people as I can to get out the good word because there's a lot of Hollywood screwed up this whole renovation thing. You, you show the you see these TV shows and you know and it's so beautiful. You just bang down a wall, Terrence, and and and, 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 and poof, and everything is renovated in 30 minutes. But the whole cold hard reality is when you knock that wall down and a camera gets pulled away, it turns into millions of pieces, and it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy to go through a renovation or rehab or value add process. So. That's what I'm out there talking about. Man, that's awesome, bro. I love it. Well, I want to dive into that, man, you know, and really understand um, how and why um, that process has become really arduous. Because like you said, HGTV makes it look easy and it's not. So what is that process? If I want to go and identify a property, um, if you just walk me through it as a beginner, what does that look like? Sure. Well, it always starts with finding a great deal. And oftentimes, real estate investors uh, migrate to that MLS, you know, Realtor, Zillow, and think that they're going to find a great opportunity there. And and you and I know that that's not where you cut deals. You find opportunities on the off-market side, relationships you create with real estate invest, uh, other real estate investors, agents, wholesalers, mortgage break, brokers, property managers, the whole host of characters that are out there. So once you've identified you got that great deal, uh, ultimately, you gotta. The first thing I, I, I tell people is you gotta figure out what is exactly you want to do. What is your goal? So if you're looking to do a flip, how much money you're looking to make on that flip? If you're gonna rent out that house or they that try the duplex or whatever you you got, what's the rent? How much you looking to raise it? And you go out there in the marketplace and you validate it. You've got to do some really on a granular level. You got to get out there and look at the. Uh, the comparable properties that have sold or have rented and get that distill all that information to figure out what it is that you need to do your renovation. And once you've got, uh, you've done that, then uh, you need to figure out how much money you have in a budget, not necessarily the amount of money that you have in hand, but also where are you going to find, uh, you know, if there's lines of credit, hard money lenders that you're going to get involved in on that aspect, you got to figure out that dollar amount because that is what our budget is. And once we've got that budget down, and we got to get into the next step, which is uh, what I call a needs and wants list. Really, you go around and you, you from the exterior and interior of the property, you really uh, quantify what exactly needs to be done to this property. And so on that big old list of yours, you're going to create a need side and a want side. And the need side is something that needs to be done, something like a hole in the roof, a, a pothole in a driveway that's going to cause somebody to trip and fall. Those types of things are needs that need to be addressed. But on the one side are things that, you know, if you had money in your budget that you would look after. So for example, uh, lime green carpet from the 1980s that service was serviceable um, is something that you would put on the one side that if you had money in the budget, you would use toward replacing it. But if you don't have money in the budget, you leave it alone. A lot of new real estate investors jump in and immediately think that, you know, windows that are 30, 50 years old, that they they have to be replaced. And that often isn't the case. It all depends on the amount of money that you have in, the, in your budget and also what the market has told you. If the market has told you that in order for you to get $1,200 a month in rent or to get $60,000 in a flip that you need to replace the windows, then you go ahead and you figure out where you got to find the money to do that. But not necessarily is the case. Oftentimes people get involved in these huge, big, big renovations and, and that isn't how, uh, that's not how you make money. 
I had, for example, I got a client who was just talking to several days ago out, in, out south of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, who's looking at purchasing a six-unit uh, building, got a phenomenal off-market deal. Uh, currently, the property is generating three, uh, an average of $350 in rent, and market rent in that marketplace is $750. So as soon as he buys it, he's thinking about doing renovations, spending $50,000, $80,000. He said, no, 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 don't, don't spend anything. Just you know, clean the place up and just raise the rent up to five to six hundred dollars. You're already doubling up the, the NOI on it. So why would you why blow your brains on spending money on things like that? So those are the types of things that uh, I come across in terms of my involvement with folks. Um, it, it, once you've been able to really identify that list, um, then you go off to the next step, which is creating a detailed scope of work. And that's an actual document that uh, oftentimes in the, on the single family home side, you know, the residential side, a lot of people don't do anything about that. They don't write a document about that. But on the commercial side, like I've literally, I've done thousands of renovations in my, uh, in my, in my, uh, through my 30 some odd years of doing this. And I, it's rarely that you find in the commercial side that a detailed scope of work isn't actually done. Like it's, it's completed. And that's how, what you go out there in the marketplace and tender. But in residential side, it hardly is hardly ever done, and that's and that's a problem, uh, and that's why we have so much confusion, difficulties associated with identifying contractors and making sure that they're doing what you're expecting them to do. Hopefully, that makes sense. No, it does. It does. So, if I were brand new, right, and you gave me a tool to start my first my first Reno, do I think about the bird method? Do I think about ARV? You know, you have all these catchy phrases that are thrown out and thrown around. What are those? Hey, you know, if you walk me through it, here are the three things you need, and here is the main focus of that project. What would that be? I think that the I think the the burst strategy is probably the best method uh, of, uh, of for a new real estate investor to get in because it, it forces new real estate investors to find a great opportunity, a great deal at uh, such a low price that it accounts for the amount of money that they're going to be spending in renovations and also pulling out equity at the end of the day, at, uh, and that's the whole process. And so the burst strategy would be something that I would be encouraging people to get in, uh, get into. That's how I built my business through, in the beginnings through JVs, and then I had a, I had businesses that were generating cash flow that I kept throwing into my businesses. I never set up a syndication because I I never had to. I got uh, I had always had joint venture opportunities associated with uh, doing that. So, you know, first there's a lot of first steps that a lot of things that the new investors should be doing. Uh, when they're getting into it, they really want to get serious about it. And one of them is to really figure out that, that, that uh, you know, certain components associated with that burst strategy, which would be finding a great deal and identifying truly exactly what it is that renovation rehab cost is, making sure that you don't over renovate the property. I find oftentimes a lot of folks that walk into this and they don't have the coaching or somebody with some experience mentorship, mentoring them through the way that they start to over renovate things or they start doing things on their own. And then all of a sudden, a, a rental that will take, you know, 60 days turns into being 120. And then a hard money lender is sitting there knocking on your door every month saying, where's my money? Where's my money? And ultimately, the money that you're supposed to make, you didn't make because you spent too much money. It took you too long. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, cycle time is really important. I don't think people really get it, you know, when you got interest carrying, like you said. So that's one of my questions for you. If I'm walking through this as a new investor and I hear all these different ways to get money in OPM, other people's money, right? So you got lines of credit, hard money, lending, private equity. Which one do you think is the best for a new investor? For a new investor to come in, this is the long game. Uh, there's a couple of things that they need to do. 
first of all, I would document uh, that whole experience and process and start using social media as a because a lot of folks really gravitate those types of individuals that are starting and sharing and they're natural and they're truthful and in, in their interaction on social media. So Instagram stories and stuff like that. I would be advocating for people to do that because you start to create an audience around your followers. And then those followers who don't have the intestinal fortitude to be able to make that uh, first step forward may very well knock on your ear and say, hey, let's work together. Here's money for the next project. So I would start them off on social, uh, starting and starting that. Next thing I would suggest is you got to have some uh, in lieu of experience of saying, hey, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. You got to have some type of a portfolio, you know, some type of a case study that you've developed on your own. You said, you, and, and, you know, it just says, uh, I bought, you know, if I bought this property, one, two, three Main Street for this amount of money, and I spent this much money on renovations, and I did it in this period of time, and I generated this much money in profit, is this something that, first of all, visual, you're visualizing it on your own, you see the what you need to do, but also at the same time, you can present it to possible investors in a group like a you know real estate investment association, something like that. Where I'm hopefully I'm encouraging people to be doing that as well, um, and that way you're building that uh, you're building that to be able to um, find people to be able to support you in that endeavor. And also you're getting into practices of you know doing the arithmetic and the pro- what you need to do to be able to acquire a property. Mm-hmm. So if I ask you to single family, multifamily. Everybody's got an opinion about which one you should get into. And um, how would you guide me on that question if I should do multifamily or single family getting in? Well, I'll, uh, the question, if somebody asked me that question, I'll, ask them, I'll, I'll answer the question by answer, asking them a question. If you're 16 years old, would you rather have them start driving a station wagon or uh, a sports car? If you're 16 years old, you should start with a station wagon, single family home, cut your teeth on it because it's much smaller, much more manageable. And then once you've got the couple of those suckers under your belt, then you elevate your game to that six unit, the 12 unit, the 10 unit. That's where I have worked with folks uh, in the beginning in their real estate investments as I've walked you know, through that process. And I've seen them elevate their game over during doing that because essentially it's the same process as just 10X when you get into the multifamily space. There it is. There it is. There's a lot of wisdom in that. So, Next question, how is important how important is it to have a mentor? Like versus like you said earlier, people are trying to figure it out on their own, they're doing the renovations on their own. How important is that? Do you feel like that really curves that time uh, you know, to really get the processes in place? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that I'm a product of coaching and mentorship. And um I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that individual stepped in at that right moment in my life and really got me to the point where I am today. Um, I came from a mindset of, uh, I didn't, we didn't have anything as a family. Like I was, uh, we were a family that would wait in line and get blocks of cheese and butter and artificial milk from the government because we didn't have much. Even though we had this building, we were, uh, what was it, cash poor, property rich, cash poor, whatever that saying is, that's who we were. Mm-hmm. And so I came from that mindset. So as I was just building my business uh, on the general contracting side, doing these flips, I was literally burning the candle at both ends. I had to do everything myself to save money, or I was the only one that could do it right. And when you, I ended up sleeping on job sites. I had that been newly married, I didn't even go on my honeymoon. I went, uh, did the wedding thing, and I went back to work. And it got to the point where I was uh, one more one night. I was sleeping at a job site, and I woke up at two o'clock in the morning. I'm staring at this freshly painted uh, ceiling, and I'm like, "What the heck am I doing with my life?" 
yes, I'm doing great things, but at some, I'm not enjoying it. And this is craziness. And so thankfully there was a real estate investor I had come across in Chicago who was an older gentleman, but he had everything that I wanted. He, he was fit. He was tan. He had a beautiful portfolio of properties, got a vacation home. He had everything I wanted. And I, I really let, went to him because I was at a crisis in my life. And he took me under my wing. He charged me a lot of money. But as a coach mentor, he talked me, he showed me what it was I, that I was doing wrong, showed me the processes and system implement my life and stop being a micromanager, stop being a guy working in the business, but working on the business. There it is. And that's how, and that's how uh, my, that's how I skyrocketed. And then I got involved and then my business started to grow dramatically. I started to get involved and I started to scale. I got to, I got to the point where I had a portfolio of hundred some odd doors. And then, uh, then I started to got into property management. And because the relationships I had through general contracting, working on other real estate investors' portfolios, those portfolios ended up coming to me. So I, I was able to successfully build a property management company. And then from there, I got into home building. Like uh, I've been very, very blessed, but it was because of that individual who stepped in at the right place at the right time that put me in the direction uh, where I am today. Love it. So I'm a big proponent of coaching and mentorship. Uh, it's like this. I always say to people, if you want to learn how to play a guitar, uh, you can go run out and buy that instrument and you can watch YouTube and YouTube videos and read books to the blue in the face. In a couple of years, you might be able to figure out how to play a song or two on that kind of thing. Or you hire a, a guitar teacher who sits you sits right down. And if you mistake, uh, they teach you what to, what, you know, they tell you what you're making a mistake or they stop you upside of his head to encourage you. Whatever it takes. They're gonna, you're gonna learn a lot quicker to play that guitar versus if you were to go higher, if you're gonna do it on your own. So I'm a big proponent of coaching mentorship. I've done so many seminars, like I've done, I've done a lot in my lifetime and every single one of them, I've been able to grab something from it and incorporate in my life. So I'm a big proponent of it. No, I love it. There's a quote that says, no one, people talk about the cost of a book or coaching, but they don't think about the cost of being in the same place next year. Um, and so that's 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 deep, man. Well, I got this one section. It's called coming in hot. We're going to hit this one pretty quick. And so we're going to time you. So we, we, we got this, we got this thing we've been joking around with, but we're going to make it fun, but we're timing people on how fast they can answer the questions. So it's five questions and you'll just answer it in one word or one answer. You ready, brother? Go ahead. All right. So college degree or no college degree? Absolutely. College degree teaches you systems and processes that, uh, that you can use for the rest of your life. Yep. What was your greatest challenge as a child? No money. <laughs> it was difficult times. Yep. What was your first attempt at entrepreneurship? Uh, I lived that uh, we lived close to a supermarket and they had this promo where you collect uh, a bunch of uh, receipts and if you collected so many dollar amounts of receipts, you're able to get a big prize like a toast or something like that. So my love, me and my younger brother, we would go around the parking lot collecting receipts that would be flying off the wind. We would go up to people and say, hey, can we get your receipt? And we'd gather them up and end up like, like seven, eight toasters. There it is. Love it. What was the worst real estate advice or entrepreneurial advice you've ever gotten? The worst. The worst is uh, you got to work really hard and make sure that everything is perfect. And that's, uh, I have learned very quickly that 80% is good enough. <laughs> And who is that one person that made the biggest impact on your career? You might have already hit that. I mentioned, I already, I mentioned that person, my mentor that uh, really elevated my game and brought me to where I am today. There it is. Minute 13. Minute 13. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy to be talking. I talk too much. I'm not the guy for, for, for this day. 
no, I, I knew I was going to lose that one. No, it's good, man. It's good. Well, I got some more questions, man, and um, that we can jump into. And then, so what have you learned you feel like that's not on people's radar right now in the real estate industry that you, that you think should be on their radar? Like I, I touched on it earlier, man, you got to, I think that you need to go out there and market yourself. Uh, and so I strongly encourage people that uh, social media, you know, doing what I'm doing with you, podcasts, you know, getting in front of people, making people aware of you know, th- that kind of stuff, being vulnerable is something that uh, uh, people need to do. Yep. Love it. So I got three questions again, that are going to kind of go back to back to back. What's the secret to good time management? Because obviously, like you said, you've learned a lot over the years trying to do it all yourself. What's the secret to good time management? Um, waking up early, uh, at least for me, and um, you need to plan out your day and try to get the hardest stuff done in the beginning where you got a lot of juice and energy and in time and then make sure that you block off these uh, these activities and hold yourself accountable to get these activities done within that period of time. So, for example, if I'm answering emails, I'm going to t- I'm going to make sure that I get all my emails answered within that hour. And then over a period of time, if you really want to get even more efficient, you start to reset over a period of time so that you're going stack and you're and you're shortening you're, you're providing the same amount of impact but in less time because we find i find that if i at least for myself if i don't have that i start to aimlessly but and i don't get to the heart of the issue dealing with it and moving on love it love it love it and then what's the secret to i put good branding but i want to pivot it what's the secret to creating deal flow like where you start like you said people start seeing you as a, an operator or a person who executes. Like, what, what do you think that is? Uh, it always comes down to uh, you've got to get out there in the marketplace and create relationships to the people that are in the industry. So you create a power team. That's what I, that's how I call them. So if I'm doing business in, in Cleveland, I've got people in Cleveland that I created personal relationships with, like real estate agents and mortgage brokers and property managers and wholesalers. Uh, I mean, I'm joining my local RIA. I'm in my Facebook group over there. And through those relationships of getting knocking on doors, being a nice guy, you'd be amazed at what kind of information flows and opportunities. From every single one of those people I listed, there's an opportunity of creating win-win situations. You just got to get out of your comfort zone and do that. Be that first person to reach it out and create that relationship. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um, what's one of the, this is a, this is a weird question, but I'm asking, you know, what's the craziest story or, or situation you've had in real estate? Kind of that, like, man, that happened. <laughs> I, I I've got a, I've got so many of them, but I'll, the one that I one that I just thought of that actually I don't know if it's funny or not. Uh, it was an elderly gentleman uh, off market, knocked on his door, had a property, and a couple of doors down, it was a property that looked a bit maligned. I knocked on the door, talked to the gentleman. Uh, we agreed on a price. I didn't know where he was going, but we agreed on a price. Got to the point of the close, and unfortunately, man passed away. Mm. And and uh and that was the end of the deal. And then the then the sons and the daughters got involved and and it was just it was an opportunity where I was already there on the street and I was willing to take his property and do what I needed to do. And because uh because the gentleman passed away, that was a deal that didn't go through. So things like that happen. Wow. I've done I've been involved in six thousand transactions. I've never I've never heard of that. That is that that is outside the box. And yeah, he, no, and I could have if I if I had pursued, I might have been able to still make a deal with the with the estate, but it was really, it was right there. Uh, and, and maybe legally, I could have done something, forced the forced the situation. But how can you? The, you know, the person died, so yeah. that, that was the end of that. 
Yeah, for sure. What's the top technology that you're using now that has really helped you scale your business? Is there, you know, like a technology that you use, a CRM, a management software? Is there any tech that you're using that's supporting you? All uh, in every single one of those things, from Trulio to uh, CRMs, uh, like Bitrex is another is a CRM that we use. There's all there's all a bunch of things that we uh, that we incorporate as many advances that we can put in our business to create efficiencies we do uh from slack is another one depending on the project that we're all working on we also incorporate that as well so i'm a big advocate of it i think it's tremendous it's a, it's it's truly a, a amazing over the last you know i come from a point uh like i'm, I'm <laughs> 30 years i've been doing this and you've been doing it for a while too and i can remember the good old days with the yellow pages but there's no you know that's where i come from yeah. now you know i'm, I'm talking to you I, I, and through this miracle technology, and I have clients who are in Arkansas and in California, and I'm talking to them, and they're walking through a property, and they're asking me questions, and we're we're jibber jabbering over this medium. It's amazing uh, how much efficiency, how many efficiencies, how much efficiencies we've been able to create, and how we can impact people's lives. So, um, yeah, there's so many of them that it's not really one that I can name. Like even within our own operation we've created so you know like a renovation calculator where we have an itemized list of things that we uh when we're assessing the costs associated with a renovation rehab um and it acts as a checklist also the things that we've developed on our own but definitely a big proponent of technology uh i'm sure everybody would appreciate that we need to have a uh, we need to have that in order to be able to have an edge yeah i know that's good yeah slack's a good it's a good thing to use for sure Last couple of questions, bro. So we call this our moonshot. It's to the moon, right? And so what's that one dream or goal that you've had or or you're chasing that people thought was impossible and crazy to achieve? For me, I have transitioned into my life to helping people. I, and I truly do it because I enjoy it. It isn't because I need money. Mm-hmm. I do it because I really, I, I see the impact that I make for people's lives because they struggle with, this whole real estate business, there's so many nuances, so many different aspects associated with it. So I help people through it and I enjoy that. And my really moonshot goal is that I can help. I want to be able to be able to look back uh, 10, 20 years from now and say that I was able to create 100, 1 million millionaires. Wow. Can you imagine that? <laughs> if, I, if I was actually had that, uh, if I could point to that, I'd be, uh, I would be truly blessed, I think. And, and I, Every time I, that I have uh, clients that they, and they've reached success, uh, it really fills my heart. I'm, and I'm really, that's, I actually right now, I'm in Cincinnati visiting clients of mine. Uh, and also then I'm moving off to Louisville, not because I have to, it's just because I really, they're like my children. I enjoyed the interaction. I enjoyed seeing them come to that point where they're moving, they're grooving, they're scaling. And so I'm here to go visit them. And so I'm going to visit them with some of the Cincinnati and afterwards I'm going to Louisville. Man, I love it. Man, I got to step my game up. My goal was 501 millionaires. <laughs> so, no, I, hey, listen, I think, you know, uh, if you, t- if you get a set up properly, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's uh, I don't think it's impossible. It's a moonshot goal. It is. I don't think it's impossible to really, to really reach that many people and teach them the systems and processes of what this whole real estate action game is. Because it's just a power of leverage. Yep. And there's a lot of people sitting on money. There's a lot of money floating around collecting zero or half a percent in interest. And uh, you know, the people don't want to put their money in, in places like the stock market where today you, you know, you're $10 and tomorrow you're five. So there's opportunities out there to, to do that. And yeah, so I'd like to be a part of it. So that's my moonshot goal. No, I love it, bro. Thank you for stretching me. 
So we always have our guests bring a book and it's a book suggesting you you submit it, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Why why did you submit that book and how did it make an impact on you? I think I'm a true believer in a positive mindset. And that's the that book is really the, the whole process and trying to advocate for that. And I think it's I think it's a book that truly everybody should not only just a real estate investment, just in general, should be reading about. I think that uh, there uh, in the just universe, and I'm a believer of God. There's there's, there's powers and there's uh, laws of attraction, all that kind of stuff. And you really need to put yourself in a positive mindset, being positive, and it's amazing what you can accomplish in your life. I'm I truly am blessed because I see it everything that I've been able to. Uh, as I went through this whole life, I was a, I was thankful for everything that we've been able that I was able to accomplish. We really are blessed. We live in the greatest country in the world. We have our, two, you know, our 10 fingers and 10 toes and, and we have wives, we have uh, you know, all this other stuff. Everybody's different, but everybody should be thankful for what they have. And if you start from that basis of positivity that you're thankful for everything, it's amazing what, you, what can spring forward from that place of goodness and positivity. Man, that's good, man. That's a great reminder, bro. Well, final thoughts, man. We want to leave our audience, the real estate entrepreneur uh, tribe, with a final thought from you. And then also, where can people find you if you want to drop that too, bro? Uh, I'm going to leave them with this, this thought. And I'm sure, sure a lot of your folks and listeners have already know that real estate, uh, the power of leverage is the what the differentiates you, uh, you from going uh, being more successful. Ultimately, you know, 90% of the millionaire billionaires out there are involved in real estate is the difference between getting involved in the stock market, Bitcoin, all this other stuff. Real estate is is the tried and true method, and I strongly encourage people, if you haven't, you should go out there and start doing it. And uh, there's a lot of resources out there to be able to read and educate yourself and go out there and, and get involved because there's uh, it's, it's the one vehicle that truly can get you to financial freedom, creating you know creating that, that you know, generational wealth that you can pass on to future generations of your family. Uh, for folks that want to reach out to me or know, learn more about me, I've got... Uh, I'm all over the place on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram and things and uh, stuff like that. I have a website, vansturgeon.com. And for those individuals who want to learn more about re uh, real estate investing, in particular, that renovation rehab component, the value add, how to raise value and the, you know, the stuff, stuff that I mentioned today. Uh, there's a bunch of videos, articles that I've written, books and uh, other podcasts I've been on that I've been talking. This is the, this is this is who I am. Like I, I, there's not enough people. In fact, I don't know of anybody who actually actually is going out there in the marketplace and advocating what I am about that. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's all glorious stuff. Well, flipping houses and Hollywood DIY and you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I really want to get into the weeds and talk about, you know, what are the things you should be doing to be able to make sure that you're successful in real estate. Cause it's just as important as finding a great deal is making sure that you renovate it properly. Cause I've seen many great deals get screwed up and lose money because of a contractor runs away with uh, deposit money or uh, run, you know, some work that has to be redone over again because it was, it was done not well. So that's the, if people want to reach out to me, they're more welcome to come go to my website. And, and I love to talk to people. So if, through LinkedIn, you're more welcome to reach out to me as well through that. Man, thanks for your time, bro. We need to stay in touch. And um, yeah, man, I appreciate you being on the show. And thank you for just dropping all the gems and the wisdom. Well, thank you very much for having me, and uh, I wish you continued success. And if there's an opportunity to come back on your podcast and, and talk about specifically more about the renovation or whatever, like I love talking about this topic, uh, more welcome to come. Yes, sir. Thank you, Van. 
Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 